There is absolutely no doubt that the world of interest rates are so confusing. You've probably heard terms like compounding interest or simple interest or APR. Uh, we will get into the details of that later, but uh, just know that you are not alone if you are confused by uh, how interest works. My first introduction to interest rates were in college when I opened up a few credit cards and you know, I learned the hard way that interest can be very um, much a pain in the ass, <laughs> if you will. My first introduction to interest was throwing on a bunch of transactions to a credit card and then figuring out, oh, I don't have to pay this right away or I don't even have to pay it over the course of a month. I could just carry it over. But you know, interest accrual is a thing when it comes to credit cards. And when you have an interest rate card at 17 to 25%, it could be a lot of money. So understanding interest is very important to the health and wellness of our financial lives. So what is an interest rate? Well, an interest rate is the cost of borrowing somebody else's money. So let's say that you go to buy an automobile. Now you are paying for that good, the automobile, but if you don't have enough money to be able to pay for it up front, you need to borrow that money. So a financial institution will lend you money at a certain price, which is the interest rate. Depending on the type of purchase, there are different types of loans that you can get. For instance, a mortgage is a loan that you get for a home where if you just wanted to buy essential goods and services, you can use a consumer credit card, which is a versatile way of being able to purchase anything and everything you want. Depending on the reason for borrowing money, the interest rate fluctuates. For instance, with mortgages, you typically see a lower interest rate than you would for a credit card because obviously a home is much more expensive and it's over a longer period of time. So the interest accrual over that period of time becomes quite a bit of money. So having a lower interest rate is ideal. Now, I won't go into the nuances of the different types of borrowing, but just know that interest is the cost of you borrowing somebody else's money. Think of it like renting a car. You pay somebody to borrow their car. In the same respect, you pay somebody to borrow their money. So far, all we have covered is you as the consumer, paying interest to borrow someone else's money. But have you ever thought of yourself as a lender? If you have a savings account, you are technically considered a lender, so congratulations! A savings account is what's called an interest-bearing account, meaning that you earn a compounded interest on the average balance of your account. Compounded interest is when the interest you've earned is added to your balance. So, interest is earned each period on the original balance plus the accumulation of interest. Let's say that you earn $20 in a specific period on an average balance of $5,000. 
for the next period of interest, your average balance will be $5,020, which is the interest earned in the last period plus the average balance from the prior period, assuming that you didn't take out any money or put any additional money into your account. This is compounded interest. The interest that you earned is then added to your average balance for computation in the next period. Typically, a period lasts for a month, so your rate of interest is expressed in an annual percentage rate or your APR, but since you typically accrue interest on a monthly basis, you would take your APR and divide it by 12 months, and that is the amount of interest that you accrue in that specific period. So let's say that your APR is 12%, and obviously there isn't a savings account at 12%, so this is for simplicity purposes. What this means is that you earn 12% of interest on your average balance. So each period, if it pays out every month, is the 12% divided by 12 months, which is 1% per period. Going back to being a lender, savings accounts are deposits that banks can use to lend money to their clients in forms of auto loans, personal loans, and mortgages. You are in essence lending the bank your savings account for them to make money and, in return, they are paying you interest for allowing them to borrow your money. Typically, a bank makes more money by borrowing from you than they do by other means because it's because it is cheaper for them to pay you a lower interest rate than through other means. You probably heard that the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates during the COVID-19 pandemic. This is one of many tactics that the Federal Reserve has to stimulate the economy by making it cheaper for businesses and individuals to borrow money to buy things. This stimulates economic growth because when consumers feel reluctant to purchase things, the cheaper rate of borrowing becomes a motivation. The adverse effect to this is that lenders make less money. Interest rates are so low that there is a small percentage of earning money for lending than when interest rates are higher. That being said, you as a savings account holder earn less money on your savings since the cost of borrowing money is a lot cheaper. That is why you may have seen notifications that your savings account interest has decreased. Ultimately, when the Federal Reserve lowers or increases interest rates, the cost of borrowing money becomes cheaper or more expensive, respectively. And it all depends on whether you are the consumer or the lender. If interest rates are lower, consumers benefit because it becomes cheaper to buy things and lenders suffer because interest rates, which is their means of income, are lower. This is the opposite when interest rates are higher. Consumers suffer because it is more expensive to borrow money for larger purchases while lenders make a profit with higher interest rates. In times like these, it may seem like having a lot of money in a savings account isn't the smartest move because you really aren't making a lot of money on the interest rate. You may be potentially missing out on some greater returns on your money because of the interest rates being so low. But this all depends on your outlook and objectives. 
If you are someone who believes that the stock market will take a dive due to the lack of stimulus by the legislative branch of government, keeping a nest egg may sound like a better option. I can't tell you where to invest your money because everyone's situation is different, but where your interests are is where your money should be. You may have heard it said that it all depends on your level of risk. With greater risk comes greater return. What this means is that in order to earn a greater return on your investments or money, you must be willing to take on greater levels of risk to invest that money. I would argue that now is not the best time to take greater risk, especially if your savings account reserves are below a three to six month threshold of your living expenses. What I mean by this is that if your savings account is less than three to six times what it costs you to live, you probably should not be investing in anything other than your savings account at this time. Even then, if your objectives are to buy a home or a big ticket item, there is a good argument to keep your money safe by leaving it in a low interest rate savings account because ultimately, the goal is for you to be able to have some cash, what we call liquidity, in order to make these purchases should you need a down payment. Ultimately, what it comes down to is how comfortable do you feel letting go of your cash reserves. I can't stress enough the importance of having a savings account, especially in these times. If anything that COVID-19 has taught us, having a safe reserve of cash sitting in a savings account is of utmost importance, especially with the uncertainty of jobs and other investments. Hi friends, thank you so much for listening to the Holistic Budget Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it uh, on the platform of your choice. Also, please make sure to share this with your friends and family to get the information out there. I really enjoy doing these podcasts and really look forward to producing more for you. If you want more information about my organization, please visit www.holisticbudget.com. There you will find resources as well as some workshops that I have put together for your financial health and well-being.